Hi, you are listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. You will be hearing a sermon from Pastor Jared Aron. So without further ado, here he is. New to our church, my name is Jared. I'm one of the pastors on staff. And I want to just begin by wishing all the moms just a happy Mother's Day. It is a day worth celebrating and honoring mothers and the important role that you play in your family and our society at large. And I want to acknowledge the two women that have impacted my life the most because they're both here today. My mom is here, and I'm so thankful for the mother that God gave me. I don't think you realize until you're older really the mom that you have. And I realize I have been very blessed And one of the things that marked me as a young boy is I would wake up in the morning and come downstairs and I have to go through our den. And every morning my mom was in our den, reading her Bible and praying. And I know my mom has just offered so many faithful prayers for me. And she taught me what it meant to seek God first. And I am forever blessed uh, by my mother. And to Yvonne... Uh, The first time we hung out, we played racquetball, actually, and went out to dinner afterwards, and it was just two friends hanging out. And I sat across from this beautiful woman, and she was a second-grade teacher at the time, and she's talking about her students. And I was just seeing her heart and her love for children, and I'm thinking in my mind, this woman is going to be an amazing mom someday. And I didn't say that out loud. That would have been weird (laughs) in that moment. But 16 years and three kids later, um, she's everything and more that I could have ever dreamed for in a wife and mother, and our kids and I are so blessed by you, Yvonne. As Pastor Dave, you know, prayed, I recognize today can be a difficult day. Uh, Maybe your mom has passed away. Uh, Your mom is far away. Um, Maybe your relationship with your mom is not the best, or you want to be a mother, and that dream has not happened yet. And my prayer is that God would meet every person where they're at today. And again, he would show his great love to us. Yvonne sent me this devotional this week that lists reasons why it's easier to be a man rather than a woman. And I, there were some good ones on here. I wanted to read a few of these just to get started. It's easier to be a man because we can do our nails with a pocket knife. It's, I've never done that, though, so I don't know. It's easier to be a man because we get to play with toys all our lives. We just call it gear and gadgets, but we keep playing with toys. It's easier to be a man because the same hairstyle lasts for years, maybe decades. And the last one, it's easier to be a man because phone conversations are over in 30 seconds flat. We just get right to the point. I acknowledge women, you have it so much harder than us men. Uh, But we've come a long way through human history. And this morning, we're going to talk about the difference that Jesus made for women who are close to him. And I want to start by going back to understand how women were viewed in Jesus' day. Uh, Jesus was a Jewish man. 
But the culture of the day was highly influenced by the Greeks and the Romans. And it's startling and heartbreaking to hear how women were treated back then. The Greek wife had virtually no freedom. They were not permitted to leave their homes unless they were accompanied by a male escort. They couldn't just take a trip to the store whenever they wanted. The phrase under lock and key came from the Greeks, highlighting the complete lack of freedom for women. And a Greek woman was not allowed to speak in public ever. Complete public silence was demanded. What a woman thought or had to say did not matter. And the Romans weren't much different than the Greeks. It was very common for a baby girl to be left to die just because she wasn't a boy. Girls were deemed expendable in both cultures. And for the Jews, you would think it would be better for the Jews, you know, God's people. Um, But the traditions of the Jews, uh, they also barred women from testifying in court and from public speaking. It gets even worse. One Jewish rabbi went as far as teaching this. He said, let the words of the law be burned rather than committed to a woman. They didn't even deem women worthy of hearing the word of God. Honestly, there's worse stuff that I could have shared, but it's Mother's Day. I didn't want to push this too far. But as I I think about this stuff, it's very sobering. It's hard to stomach, honestly. But I I share all this for a reason, because Jesus enters a time in human history where women were disposable. They had no dignity, very little rights. And then you read in the Gospels how Jesus treated women, how he spoke to them. He reached out to heal them. He allowed them to worship him and sit at his feet. And you realize Jesus was establishing a new way, a new order to things. And this morning, we're going to see the impact that Jesus had on women who were close to him. And from the context I just shared, Jesus provides an unbelievable, stunning turnaround to the value and dignity of women. And even though I'll be focused on addressing women and mothers throughout this message, I really believe the principles apply to each one of us who follow Jesus today. And my hope, especially for women and mothers, is that you would be encouraged in how Jesus values you. You would not doubt your place in redemptive history and how important of a role that you play. And the big invitation I want to give us this morning is to look to Jesus. To look again to Jesus. Look to the one who makes all the difference for you as a woman and a mother. Know that God has fearfully and wonderfully made you just as you are. And be encouraged that you matter greatly to his plans. And hold on to Jesus as you pour out your life for others in his name. A couple months ago, I was reading in Mark 15 and 16. It was a passage I've read many times before. But something stood out to me that I hadn't seen in the past. And we're going to start in Mark 15, right after Jesus 
has been crucified. And the main story in this passage, passage, no doubt, is about Jesus. That he was crucified and buried and rose again. But I want to look at a subplot in this passage. The women who were near Jesus during his time. And I want to share three encouragements to us this morning about looking to Jesus. So Mark 15, starting in verse 37. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. Then verse 40. Some women were there watching from a distance, including Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger and of Joseph, and Salome. They had been followers of Jesus and had cared for him while he was in Galilee. Many other women who had come with him to Jerusalem were also there. In Mark's report of the crucifixion, the male disciples are nowhere to be found. And as a guy, I'm like, men, where are you? Why are you not representing us? In one of the most crucial points of Jesus' life, Peter and the rest of the disciples, except for maybe John, who's mentioned in his gospel, are MIA. And they had bailed on Jesus. And Mark here is highlighting the faithfulness of the women who are around Jesus. And there are three women named here. Mary Magdalene, another Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and Salome, who many think was the mother of James and John, two of Jesus' disciples. So it's interesting here, you have two mothers represented. And John's account of the crucifixion also reports that Jesus' mother was there. So going back to verse 41, it says, The two Marys and Salome had been followers of Jesus and had cared for him while he was in Galilee. Many other women who had come with him to Jerusalem were also there. A rabbi in Jesus' day would have followers. People who were learning and living to become like the rabbi. In Jesus' day, for a rabbi to have women followers was highly unusual. It was culturally frowned upon. And given all that I shared at the beginning, women were not considered worthy of being trained by a rabbi. But not so for Jesus. Jesus enters this world and begins to level the playing field and show that men and women are invited to follow him and become like him. His kingdom was not just for men alone, but women now had a seat at the table. In verse 41, it also notes that many other women were there at the crucifixion. So even more than three women are there. And again, there's no mention of any of the men. And it's pure speculation, but for the male disciples, it might have been too risky for them to be there at the crucifixion. They might have been putting their lives in jeopardy if they showed up. That's kind of the more gracious theory. The other theory is that in their minds, their life as a follower of Jesus was over. Jesus was being crucified, and they might have been thinking that this career path is a dead end. It's finished. 
but not for the women. Man, their love for Jesus was so strong. They stayed with him to the end. No, no matter how painful it was to watch their master suffer and die, they were going to be there. They weren't going to abandon him now. And there's something powerful. Uh, there's something here that these women demonstrate about real love. That real love perseveres through any challenge and is faithful through the hard times. And these women loved Jesus fiercely. And they weren't going to stop loving him, even if it was painful and risky. There's something powerful about fierce love that pushes through any obstacle. If you haven't seen the movie Miracles from Heaven, it's a powerful movie. It's based on the true story of a five-year-old girl, Annabelle Beam, who's diagnosed with a digestive disorder that's untreatable. And eventually, this girl falls 30 feet from a tree. Instead of being paralyzed or breaking a bone, amazingly, she is healed from her disease. A true miracle of God. And it makes me think of Ella Joy and that God would do a similar kind of miracle. That's what we're praying for. And our God is able. Amen? One of the things that really stood out to me from this movie was the determination of the mother. The mother, played by Jennifer Gardner, knows that her daughter's condition is not getting better. And she is tenacious in getting her daughter the best possible care. So she takes her daughter to Boston. And even though she doesn't have an appointment, and it usually takes months to get in to see the specialist, the mother fights and she perseveres day after day to get that appointment. She shows a kind of love that is relentless and doesn't give up and fights for the sake of her little girl. There's something powerful about the fierce love of a mother. Mothers and women, God has called you to be fierce lovers. Women who exhibit caring and nurturing love that is strong no matter what the challenges you face. Whether this is with your child and being with them through the difficult times that they will face in their life. Or walking with a friend who is grieving and hurting. God has made you to demonstrate his fierce love in this world. This world has always been marked by the strong love of women and mothers. So I want to remind you to keep your eyes on Jesus. Like the women at the crucifixion. Hold on to Jesus and his fierce love for you as you pour out your heart in love to others. That's the first encouragement this morning. Look to Jesus as you fiercely love. Going back to Mark, uh, in verse 46 of chapter 15, Joseph bought a long sheet of linen cloth. Then he took Jesus' body down from the cross, wrapped it in the cloth, and laid it in a tomb that had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone in front of the entrance. 
Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where Jesus' body was laid. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. I don't know if you caught that last part of that, last verse. Women in shopping. Uh, There's something about those two things that go hand in hand. The three ladies went out and purchased burial spices. So here we have textual proof that even back in Jesus' day, women were called to shop. I found this image, yeah, this week. Uh, I don't know if I want to say anything more about this image. I'm already probably getting myself in trouble with this, but there's something about women in shopping that men are very different. Um, so who knows, for these two Marys in Sloan, they go shopping, who knows how long it took them. It was a Saturday night, they might have had plenty of time uh, to go out. But these women had a legitimate reason to go shopping. They went out to, bear, uh, to buy perfumes and fragrant oils that would be used to cover up Jesus' body. And these women showed their devotion to Jesus, even after his death. For them, for them, this was the end of the story. There was no thought of resurrection. This was their last sacred act of devotion to their master, whom they loved. And they wanted to make sure that Jesus was honored in his burial. It seems like God has put something in the wiring of women that leads them to bring honor and sacredness and a sense of the holy, uh, to mark special moments. Last week, the women of our church had a special Mother's Day luncheon at the ministry center. And look at the setup and the decor, uh, special favors uh, for the women. Lots of time and effort went into this to bring honor and to make it a special time for the women gathered. Women have a way with this that men typically do not have. In contrast, if there was a guy's event at our church, this is how (laughs) we would set it up. Plain and bare. And probably the table decorations would just be a pile of meat at each table for the men. We're just a more simple gender. The second encouragement this morning is looking to Jesus as you bring honor to others. I believe God delights when we take time to bring honor and sacredness to everyday life. And mothers, I know your life is busy and at times downright crazy, depending on the season of life you are in. But I want to encourage you to look for those sacred moments with your children where you bring honor and value and you remind them what is most important and true about them. In John Eldridge's book, You Have What It Takes, he talks about the core question that every little boy and every little girl is asking. And I believe as adults we keep asking these same questions as men And women. And I believe as a mother, you're looking for those sacred moments where God will use you to bless your child in the place of these core questions. The core question that a boy 
is asking is, do I have what it takes? Am I strong? If you have a son as a mother, you need to find those moments where you can honor his strength. Remind him he has what it takes. That's at the core of what a boy needs to know. That he's strong, he's capable. And that you see this in him and you validate this in him. And the core question that a girl asks is very different. She is wondering, am I beautiful? Am I worth being cherished? If you have a daughter, discern those opportunities where you can, you can honor her beauty. Remind her that she's worthwhile and lovely on the inside and on the out. That's at the core of what a little girl needs to believe, that she's beautiful and worth being pursued. And look for those moments that these sacred questions are being asked in your kids' lives. I believe we honor Jesus when we take seriously the value that he places on people and women and mothers. Christ wants to use you to bring honor to others in Jesus' name. In Mark 16, the women went, want to honor Jesus and prepare his body for burial. But then early Sunday morning, as they head off to the tomb, the great surprise happens. In Mark 16, starting in verse 2, it says, Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? As they're going to the tomb, they realize they hadn't thought this out too well. And started asking each other, man, who's going to roll the big stone away? It's not a little pebble. It's probably four to six feet in diameter. And then verse four, but as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And the women were shocked. But the angel said, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where his body, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. And think about this. The women are expecting to see the corpse of Jesus' body. And they're shocked to see an angel. And the angel tells them that Jesus is alive and risen. And tells them to go on and carry this news. And you will see Jesus again soon. In verse 8, trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. And these women were devoted followers of Jesus. They loved him dearly. But fear got the best of them here. They fled from the tomb and at first said nothing to anyone. They were in shock and confused about everything that was happening. This is something that Mark does often 
in his gospel. He points out the failures of Jesus' disciples. I mean, he, he just tells it how it is. And Mark is showing us here that the women failed. They failed. And this is a good reminder to us that no matter how devoted we are to Jesus, there will be moments where we fail and we mess up. None of us are perfect. Moms and women, I really want you to hear me here. I want to remind you that you can't be perfect. Stop putting all this pressure on yourself to be perfect. You can't always respond to your children or others with grace and patience and kindness. There will be moments when you lose your temper, where you feel overwhelmed and exhausted, and to be honest, aren't the most pleasant person to be around. Don't let these moments define who you are as a mother and a woman. Your identity is not defined by your failures, but the faithful love of Jesus Christ for you. Hear that again. Your identity is not defined by your failures, but the faithful love of Jesus Christ for you. You cannot be perfect. You might have a hard time letting go of your children as they face challenges at school, or they go off to college, and you want to be there to advocate for them and protect them. You can't always be there. You have to let go and know that Jesus loves and cares for your children. When you can't be present for your kids, you can pray for them. And as you pray, you entrust your kids back to Christ and trust that he will be a faithful shepherd to them. In your weaknesses and your failures, Jesus is still faithful. When you are down and discouraged, remember the one who will always love you with a mighty, unshakable, and faithful love. He's going to love your kids in that same way. Even though the women failed at first to spread the news to others, others. They eventually got around to it, and word got out that Jesus is alive. And obviously back then, there's no CNN or Twitter, so the message is going to be delivered person to person. As I shared already, women were supposed to be silent in Jesus' day. They weren't considered reliable and credible sources for information. And yet, the greatest moment in human history. The news that would be important than any other news the world would ever hear. The news that would change everything for the rest of time, that Jesus Christ is no longer dead, but he is alive. This great news was first entrusted to women. And we have to wonder, given the cultural context, this doesn't seem like the best strategic plan. What is God doing? What is he up to? From a modern perspective, this would be something like someone discovering the cure to cancer. 
and pulling their four-year-old child aside and saying, little Johnny, I got amazing news. I'm going to tell you the cure to cancer and trust you to get the word out to others. Okay, Johnny, you ready for this important news? I'm relying on you to let the whole world know about this. Who's going to listen to a four-year-old child regarding the cure to cancer? No one. In a similar way, who's going to listen to the testimony of women back in Jesus' day? But God is showing us something about his kingdom here. Women not only have value and dignity, but women will have influence and impact for Christ's kingdom. Women will bring the good news to the world along with men. Women, you matter to the kingdom of God. You have been entrusted with good news that Jesus is alive and reigns. And first, this is good news for you personally. God has made you and designed you just the way you are. You are precious and worth so much to him. And Jesus came to give you real life through him. You have to keep reminding yourself of the good news for you personally. And then the good news you bring to this world isn't what an awesome mother you are. It isn't what a strong and capable woman you are. The good news you bring is the difference that Jesus makes in your life. That Jesus gives you value and identity and worth. That Jesus is faithful in his love despite your sins and your failures. That your life has been changed by his grace and you are free and forgiven. This is the message that you bring to others. You have been entrusted with good news that Jesus is your life. That Jesus means everything to you. As a mother, as a woman, that is the greatest gift you can give to your children and your family members and your friends. Jesus Christ living and reigning in you as a woman who belongs to Christ first. A woman who will be loving and devoted and faithful and strong because of Christ in you. Women, look to Jesus. Hold on to Jesus and bring him to others through your fierce love, through those sacred moments, and through being a witness of good news that Jesus is alive, that Jesus is real, and he's true to you. As I close, mothers, I really believe you are so central to God's plan to bring his love and his reign into this world. Let's be honest, though. Motherhood is often a thankless job and sometimes really painful and hard. You pour out so much for your children and your families. You love, you honor, you bring good news. Your kids don't see it or understand it and know how hard and exhausting it can be. 
But Jesus sees you. He knows you. He sees all that you give and pour out. And Jesus really does love you. He really does care for you. You are valuable. And you are worthwhile. And you are beautiful in his eyes. Keep looking to Jesus. Hold on to him and never let go. Because Jesus will make all the difference in your life as a woman and as a mother. Let's pray. As we pray, I actually want to invite all the women of our church to just stand up. And I just want to pray a special blessing over you. Lord, we just thank you, God, that you are the the great creator and designer. Uh, God, you have made male and female in your perfect design and creation. And God, I just thank you for the women that are standing up right now. How much they mean to our church and our families. And God, I thank you for how you see them just the dignity and the worth and the value that you have for them. And I pray this morning that the word spoken would just minister to their hearts and their minds. And that they would never forget how Jesus Christ sees them and what worth they have in your kingdom. And God, I pray that you would pour out your blessings, your favor, and your grace and your power over their lives. I pray that they would be fierce lovers. God, that day by day they would receive your great love for them. And that they would pour out a fierce and strong love into this world, into their families, into their friendships that can only be explained by you that it would be your love pouring out through them. And God, I pray that you would help them to be able to discern those holy moments in their lives. They're moments that they can bring honor and sacredness and really value their children and their family members and their friends. And God, that they would be set apart and holy for your work and your use. And I pray for them and for each one of us, we would keep remembering the good news. First for us, God, that we are saved by grace. We are saved because of what Jesus has done for us. God, we can't be perfect. We will slip up and fail time and time again. But God, you are faithful in your love for us. And I pray, God, we would receive that word. We'd be reminded of the good news of Jesus for us. And then we would go out into this world and bring good news that Jesus is no longer dead, 
He is really alive. And he reigns in this world. He is the creator and the master. He is the one worthy of the worship of every single person on this planet. And that we would be carriers of good news. And that you would use us in great ways. Uh, So God, thank you for these women. I pray just your unbelievable favor and anointing over their lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.